Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Time for a little off the radar, just taking a look at a grab bag of stories from around the world of, uh, well, you guessed it, sports. And sometimes that'll be you know college football related, sometimes not. Just all depends on kind of the news cycle and things that I see of interest and uh, usually on Thursdays, whereas Tuesday can be more of a look back with like TV ratings as we've been doing for a couple of years now. Um, Thursday is more of a, a look ahead. But I did want to start from uh, with a story from a few days ago that I realized after the fact on Tuesday night I did not bring up and I, I'd wanted to. And that was the passing of Tim Wakefield, Paul, uh, for you in particular, mm-hmm. uh, being a Red Sox fan. But uh, the knuckleball uh, you know, pitcher for the Boston Red Sox for such a long time. I know that you had to have had some thoughts on Tim Wakefield and his passing uh, at age 57. A lot of people with their their well wishes uh, for for him and um, just a sad deal, uh, but an outpouring of support for, for him. And um, just what are your thoughts on, on, on his sudden passing? It, it is weird how like <laughs> celebrity deaths can all hit you at once. Like Jimmy Buffett, I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. He passed away you know, just a month ago. And then, and then Tim Wakefield, that's like, we get as a Red Sox fan. He is, um, he's in that, you know, like the free beer club forever kind of a guy. I mean, 17 years of the Red Sox, everybody in Boston loves him. His starts were so fun to watch. Here's what was great about Tim Wakefield starts. There were two kinds of Tim Wakefield starts. There were the knuckleball is going, it is working quickly and you know, quickly, or it is, uh, he doesn't have it. The bullpen is cashed, but since he can throw 700 pitches, he's going to be out there the yeah. whole time, but he was great. And he was really great. Most of the times in the playoffs. And it was such an interesting weapon for them to have, because when you go from Schilling and Pedro and Derek Lowe, and then you've got to get ready, uh, you know, for, for the knuckleball coming at you, I think it really throw through teams off. I remember Doug Mirabelli, who was his knuckleball catcher used to have this gigantic, extra large glove mm-hmm. so that he wouldn't drop it as much because it's hard uh and it was great really it looks sad. like a frying pan yeah 57 is way too young to Man. go cancer is uh, awful and uh i wish the best to his family but yeah it was it's sad i i love tim wake big tim wakefield fan yeah just 57 years 200 old. games yeah just 57 years old uh passed away on october 1st and had a uh, seizure as a result from brain cancer. That was uh, eventually what uh, took him. But, uh, yeah, uh, very sad news there. So I wanted to circle back and uh, mention that and and get Paul's thoughts on Tim Wakefield's passing. So um, elsewhere going on, uh, you've got – 
Uh, some college football news in that, uh, as you mentioned at the start of the show, I just wanted to circle back around to, but Gus Malzahn has agreed to a contract extension through the 2027 season, uh, raised his salary uh, previously to $4 million years on July 1st. That's when they originally agreed to this, but for um, the public uh, release, that just came out today. So it goes from $4 million uh, to eventually $5.5 million in 26 and 27. So he gets more money, also gets an extra deal as that will go through 2027. So just firming things up there and getting him, uh, especially after the release, as you mentioned, of the USA Today chart, and he was pretty low on there, and UCF's like, oh, no, wait, we renegotiated this. Here he is, and he's he's at a better spot. So, yeah, just uh, circling back to that. Do you that, think that announcement came out because of the list that came I out? I absolutely yeah, do. If I you agree. agree to it back then, and it's not like a big controversial deal or anything, but, I mean, if you agree to it back in the summer and you just hadn't crossed right. T's and dotted I's, that's one thing. But I do think that – just the timing of a list coming out this week that has all of the coaching salaries on it. It makes me also wonder if that list had been double-checked. If he did that in July, if that list just was – when did it did – well, No, but they didn't announce it, then it's not there yeah, on the list. I mean, right? How would that list have known? Yeah. Um, yeah it, it's it, not a private school where they have to, like, go and look for information. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I do think that there's – very odd timing if that's just all no, coincidental. It it's coincidental. Yeah, no. so, I mean, I think that there's very much a, a deal going on there. And you know what? It's just out there now, and it's public, and so that's all there is to it and all that matters. And so he's going to be hanging around on paper um, and, and hopefully uh, on the sidelines for a while for UCF. And especially I, why I think it's, it's not coincidental is this would not have been the week to announce that. Not after what just happened last no, Saturday. You're right. Hey, we just blew – 35 to 7 lead in our Big 12 home opener. Let's announce his contract extension like two days later. That was <laughs> yeah. not yeah, was probably kind of in the a, cards. Like a melting pot of, okay, the list was out that said he was the lowest paid FBS coach in America. And yet they come off this disastrous ending, and yet they want to make sure yes. they realize he's a $4 million a year guy. Yeah. So there's also a lot going on off the field. Um, I haven't been able to delve as much into the Mel Tucker, uh, but he did. Uh, say that there is some new evidence, and I guess you guys, have you read enough about it, Paul? Uh, had you circled back on it at all to, to kind of fill in the blanks here? Because I'm going to get to Pat Fitzgerald, and that's more well, of what I had I seen. I sent you uh, yeah. the, the image <laughs> of what the attorney is saying about Brenda Tracy. So uh, his attorneys are alleging that she has even admitted to some of this stuff. Now, I'd have to see the rest of these things to see why they believe she's admitted to it, but that she had another um, similar relationship with another married coach. Now, for uh, that, Brenda Tracy's got hundreds of text messages. They're trying to, you know, release these to show that Mel Tucker did not sexually harass her. The thing about sexual harassment is, is it's it's in the eye of the um, harassee, not the harasser. Uh, and A and B. Uh, Mel Tucker still should have been fired because it was stupid to even begin a relationship with the sexual harassment and rape counselor person. So that one and a vendor at that. So no matter what she did, if he did this and she was the apparel rep from Nike, stupid idea. Like yeah. just a bad idea that you shouldn't do and you can't do at the university level. And so that's why he's fired. Who it was just makes it worse. Yeah. But yeah, that's what there are some text messages that have been, you know, that are not out there in the public space yet. I'm sure that they could be, but that kind of show what their relationship allegedly was, according to Mel Tucker. So there's a lot of information we don't know about how this even got this far. Like that's that's my biggest question is that is Mel Tucker really this dumb, which I mean still it's dumb, or 
what's what what are we not seeing here that he would go down this this path like what would where did they get the text messages from because i don't think they subpoenaed it's, it yet it's meta metadata i mean you okay. know or and and if he hasn't deleted them or whoever else this other person he admitted to deleting them because he said he gets so many texts she admitted to deleting them and only gave a few of the texts and you wonder if somebody who doesn't like her that maybe knows her I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I not sure know. how that I don't works. know about all yeah. that. Um, Mel Tucker, though, did send a 106-page yeah. letter uh, providing this new evidence to Michigan State. Uh, their interim president, their board of trustees, this morning. Um, so there you know, was an administrative hearing uh, going on that was relating to that and, and getting underway. And so that, there's just a messy back and forth that's going to be going on there. But that was the latest development there. And since that's not going to be something we probably bogged down on and talk about too much with that development, so that's just a, that's an update there, as is this on former Northwestern coach Pat Fitzgerald, who filed a wrongful termination lawsuit today against both Northwestern and their president, Michael Schill. He's seeking more than $130 million in lost earnings as well as that price tag would come with reputational and punitive damages. He alleges he was unlawfully fired uh, for cause back in early July um, after they had just announced that he was going to be suspended for a couple of weeks. This all ties back to the university-led, uh, uh, commissioned uh, hazing investigation. Uh, so they found that there was some hazing that went on and there was some corroborations to some of the stories, but uh, there was also the question of how much like actual evidence there was that like for him to be fired for cause, and was that right? And so now that's the battle they're going to have there. So two pretty high-profile Big Ten institutions uh, with, you know, recent coaching firings amid uh, controversy that are now going to be seeing these play out in court uh, probably at some point or another. But, yeah, that's the latest salvo uh, or lobby back from uh, Pat Fitzgerald, a $130 million-plus lawsuit against Northwestern and President Michael Schill. So we'll see where that goes. And I am not a legal expert, but we might have to have our sports law guy, Dan Lust, or something back on at some point with yeah, some of these cases because they're true. starting to stack up a little bit. Uh, also, found it very interesting. You know, we talk about uh, realignment and, you know, how quickly things can happen and all of that. And it was uh, pretty amazing to see the Big Ten drop a redone schedule. And not only for what they had released back in the summer, but for like the next five years. Did you guys see this? Like they just like had this bad boy ready to go with Oregon and Washington and uh, UC. Oh, uh, I saw uh, the schedule. Yeah, not uh, UCLA, but uh, but yeah, USC and UCLA. Actually, yes, USC and UCLA. It seems like they were already been in for like a couple years now. But uh, with all of the the new parties joining, so there's been a couple of tweaks, and I don't have enough time invested yet where I've been able to cross check enough about it. But uh, pretty amazing how quickly they were able to put that all together, given how many times we talk about scheduling and. It almost makes you wonder, like, do they have a hint? No, because they wouldn't have dropped it back in the summertime. But if you are interested, the new revamp schedule for 24, 25, 26, and 27 is now out for Big Ten teams. That includes all of the, the new booties, as, uh, as our friend Q used to say. Uh, but <laughs> USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and, uh, you know, it's just, it, there's just a lot, though, to consume. Like, you kind of have to take it one team at a time, which I know we don't have to, uh, the time to do here, but... Uh, what do y'all think? Just as this sort all of right, settles give, in, give give us one. You have you have in front of you. Uh, I got uh, Michigan in front of me. All right, Michigan. All right, Michigan. Next year is going to play uh, Michigan State, Minnesota, Northwestern. They'll also play Oregon and SC uh, at home. So that'll be a couple of the highlights to that schedule. They'll go to Washington, okay, and uh, obviously to Ohio State as well. But yeah, they'll play. So they'll play three of the four. They'll play Oregon and South uh, Southern Cal at home, and they'll get Washington on the road. That all is right. a Michigan. Ohio State, Washington, Oregon, and uh -huh. USC That's on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is. What do you call those, Garrett? 
bangers. Yeah. And, I mean, who knows what Michigan State's doing at that point? Like who they've hired or who, where, you know, where. Like Urban Meyer. Yeah. yeah. You never know. You <laughs> yeah. never All right, know. let's go another team, Craig. What, USC? I've got, okay, I got USC right here. All right. Um, they, you're going to love this, Smokey. Uh, uh, it's Nebraska, I'm sure. Yeah, they, uh, at home against Nebraska, uh, Penn State, Rutgers, and Wisconsin on the road against Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, UCLA, and Washington. So they're not going to play Ohio State? No. Okay. All that's, right. That's the welcome. Somebody shift. probably with the algorithm is going to play like everybody. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, USC, Oregon, Washington. It might be Nebraska, and they probably deserve Okay, Nebra Nebraska schedule. When I can find it, Indiana, Iowa, Ohio State, Purdue, and USC on the road. Illinois, Rutgers, UCLA, and Wisconsin at home. It's not. It's I not mean, that's, bad, that's actually. Not, it's no. manageable it's... if you could ever just be good. You yeah. could you could go five yeah. and four on that or somewhere around that neighbor if you're just any good. So this is no divisions, right? Eighteen yeah. teams, yep. and it's their flex. Uh, there's a particular name for it, but their flex schedule model, and there's a lot of things built in, like protected rivalries, and they're trying to maintain as much balance as possible. You can also be flexible with the maneuver in the games, but um, there was history taken into account. There was competitiveness taken into account, and I'm going to dive further into that tonight. So maybe break it down a little bit better, like next week sometime, because it's a lot. I mean, they just released four years of schedules with 18 teams just like today. So uh, very interesting to kind of pour through that, and a lot of fun, I would imagine, as well for for everybody involved to see, like with all these new teams and road trips and things like yeah, that. I think so, it's going to be cool. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting, even though it is a big change. And from, it will be when the Big 12 has theirs, whatever yeah, that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there you go. The new Big 10 schedule for the next four years is out conference wise, if you want to check that out. Man, you know who got the short of this thing? It was Michigan. Like That's a damn good like, schedule, the one that we read off a second ago. It's like they, it's like the Big Ten is like, all right, look, there's probably going to win it three years in a row here. There's only one school we have allowed to do that, and that's Ohio State. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta nip that in the bud. Yeah, so it's the flex protect plus Roman numerals here. Uh, yeah. Twenty seven sounds like an insurance plan. Yeah, flex protect twenty seven model is is what the exact uh, wordage was for that. But yeah, they had to go back to the drawing board basically because you had you know all of a sudden Oregon and Washington rolling into town and. And so they uh, they did that, but there are 12 guaranteed protected matchups that will be played annually. So I think yeah, this I part could, of it you guys will find interesting. Illinois Northwestern, Illinois Purdue, Indiana Purdue, Iowa Minnesota, Iowa Nebraska, Iowa Wisconsin, Maryland Rutgers, Michigan Michigan State. Okay, now we're getting to like more right. of probably what most people know. Michigan Ohio State, no surprise there. Minnesota Wisconsin. And then for the uh, the new teams, Oregon, Washington will be protected, and Good. UCLA, USC will that be makes protected. makes a lot of so sense. There you go. Those are all the guaranteed protected matchups. There are 12 of them with this new 18-team format. I want to go back to Fitzgerald for just a second. Sure. The attorneys who are representing the players who claim that they were harassed or hazed or whatever, sexually assaulted, they then came out with a statement, I'm paraphrasing this, that they're okay we were trying to make this against the institution, but Fitzgerald's lawsuit might be against some of those claiming the allegations. And now the attorneys representing the players are going, oh, okay, we were trying to make it not personal. You've made it personal. Game on. That'll be interesting to see how that eventually plays itself out. Yeah, Paul, you have any thoughts on that before we... I, I just think that Pat Fitzgerald needs to tread lightly here. I don't yeah. feel like it's because, look, work out whatever settlement or whatever we look i i just know from our past experience like art Bryles and his legal team dug in because they're trying to get him every red cent and try to get him 
uh, back in coaching and he got a ton of money and that's fine, except because of the way that he navigated it and dug in so hard on the narrative, that's what's cost him ever getting back into coaching is not that he got paid before. It's the way that he dug in because of the legal strategy that they took to make sure that he was protected on all their other fronts. And I would caution Pat Fitzgerald if he wants to avoid that, then he needs not to dig his heels in so hard. And when you get your settlement, which he will get a settlement, I'm sure, when you get your settlement, acknowledge that you are the head coach. These things happen under your watch. And he wants the money that he's losing now, but also his ability he can't work again. Yeah. It's the future earnings as well. But, yeah, so. He's a young guy. Yeah, he, he could maybe navigate through it because other people have, but you have to be able to, in a public relations sense, say, look, I understand. Like, I did not personally oversee this. This was not directed by me. All those things, if you can prove those out. But it happened. It happened frequently under my watch. And that, as a head coach, I accept as a failing. That's what you have to say. It did not ever come out of Art Bryle's mouth, and that is why he has become so toxic because those things never came out of his mouth yeah and then by the time they could have it was probably a bit too late mm -hmm. at that point in time but yeah i mean that's going to be uh, along with the mel tucker situation um you know a legal issue that's going to have to play its way out but obviously very complicated and a big deal for the institutions and all of the people involved so yeah a couple of big legal cases uh head coaching legal cases stacking up now in the big 10. all right uh, so a final few things here uh baseball yesterday how about the sweeps, guys? Do you Man. like sweeps? Because all four of the contests in the wild card round were two nothing sweeps. The Rangers beat the Rays. The Twins eliminated the Blue Jays. The D-backs eliminated the Brewers. And the Phillies uh, eliminated the Marlins. And so now that sets up uh, games for Saturday that will be coming up. Uh, it's the Rangers and Orioles will get underway. We'll also see the Astros get underway against the Twins. But... Um, uh, also, Phillies, Braves, Diamondbacks, Dodgers. Don't care too much about Saturday games, but just thoughts on the way that the wild card round played out. Anything particular stand out to you guys? That, that yeah. No one put up a fight. No. Yeah. Like it was yeah. just what the Rangers have done to the Rays in the postseason historically has been like they've that's who they've owned. And the first time in 12 years they've won a series. But yeah, I, I didn't even watch a couple of them. I, I had it on. I Obviously, the Rangers we were watching. But yeah, it just seemed like it's come and gone. Yeah. Like it's over. I'm, I'm excited. Uh, there's a lot of young, cool players that are that have made it through. You know, the Rangers are all kind of that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, Corbin Carroll and the Diamondbacks the first guy I thought of, yeah. awesome. I mean, yeah. that dude can ball. Mm -hmm. He is so much fun to watch. I love Corbin Carroll. Uh, so getting to see him play against the Dodgers will be good. I, I really, I mean, of course, I think this is all one big contest to lose to the Braves in five games. But because uh, their lineup is so lethal. But you never know. You never know who gets hot at the right time. So The Rangers yep. were slumped into the end, right? Had a chance to clinch it. And guess what? They turned around and showed some balls because of how they played against Tampa. Now, whether they can do it against Baltimore remains uh, up in the air. Yeah, so now uh, down to the final uh, eight. And you'll have the Twins with Carlos Correa facing his old team in the Astros. And then also the Rangers facing off with the number one seed in the Orioles. But the possibility there for an ALCS of Houston versus Texas. Still Can there. you imagine the bad blood that there would be there? Then Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Phillies, Braves, all those should be great <coughs> as well. So, yeah, but that'll that'll get underway this weekend. Before we go, it appears um, that uh, and there are rumors on Twitter, there are reports on Twitter. Uh, TMZ is saying it that uh, 
the great Dick Butkus has passed away at 80 years old. Oh, okay. He was wow. one of those that Super Bowl radio rose. Guys like Ditka, Butkus, Nitsky, some of the hmm. old school guys uh, with that wounded, not what was it called? Uh, yeah, the Wounded Warriors amputee flag football game. And uh, it's, oh, my goodness, some of the, the great names that play. Those guys, they could still play today, but it's a different game for those just pure middle linebacker type players. Yeah, and that's going to lead me into this uh, in, in just one second. Uh, but Jacksonville State at Middle Tennessee tonight, Florida International at New Mexico State. Uh, or excuse me, sorry, that was, that was last night. Tonight, Sam Houston at Liberty, excuse me. Uh, that'll be 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Western Kentucky at Louisiana Tech. 7 p.m. on ESPN. So a couple of college games there, but with the Dick Butkus news, tonight the Bears playing oh. against the Washington Commanders. Uh, your Amazon Prime NFL game, the Bears in search of their first win, and now with perhaps some, you know, just legendary motivation with the passing of, of Dick Butkus, I don't know, but taking on the 2-2 two and two Washington Commanders. So that's 7:15 on Amazon Prime. So load it up uh, with a lot of sports going on, and uh, there's a few things off the radar. He, he was an actor, too, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was definitely in a few things. Deacon Jones, some of those old former players that uh, Pete Thamel uh, adding to this, Craig. Jalen Daniels doubtful for the game against UCF on Saturday, week to week with back tightness. So Jason Bean appears as if he'll start again in their game against the Knights. Yeah, I mean, he's capable, but that's just not good news now and moving forward. I mean, you're talking about back tightness and how tricky backs can be and just how sudden that was, right? I mean, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, he's just out of the game last week versus Texas, scratched before the game started, and I don't remember really hearing too much about that. So, yeah, that's a, a mysterious situation about the extent of that and what they could be looking at, but not good news that he's missing time. So, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate, and that, that might be a break for UCF because they – they might get John Rice Plumley back here pretty soon. Uh, mm -hmm. Not sure. Maybe this weekend. Not sure how the uh, percentages are working right now. But, yeah, tough blow for KU for sure. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.